Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So a few weeks ago on a Sunday night, um, I uh, started talking about... um, Something that I had ministered on uh, at Winter Treat this last year, just felt impressed to to talk about it, and I, I covered part of it. And we were talking about God, the Holy Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Who was here that that Sunday night? We're here, and um, and and I'll just kind of tell you, maybe this is the wrong preacher method here, but kind of what my my heart, my intent behind uh, this, kind of what the Lord had been dealing with me about. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit is amazing, and He is He is. Everything we need in life, he's exactly that. And um, what a gift he is. What a gift that's been given to us and uh, that's been placed into our life, the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, really my, my aim when, we was, when I was ministering at Winter Treat and, and even here is just to uh, kind of stir us up in our appreciation for him and, and our, our reliance upon him, our giving attention to him. It's such an important thing. Um, you know, it's easy to take good things and even great things for granted. You know what I'm talking about? You know, a lot of marriages are, are ruined because they take something that was great in their life and a blessing in their life and they start taking that relationship for granted. And, and it's not that the benefit that that other person offered changes. It's just their view of them or their lack of, of recognizing the gift that, that they have that, that in, in marriage, they, they forget that and you start missing out on the benefits of it. Well, even in our walk with God, if we're not careful, this gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave to us, that he sent, the Father sent then when Jesus departed, uh, we, can, we, can, we can lose our appreciation for him. And we can just become familiar with him. Familiarity is a terrible thing. And uh, you can just become familiar to the point of just losing interest and just taking him for granted. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, getting this ready uh, for winter retreat, and, and even even here tonight and, and last time we talked, every time we come together is an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit. Every time is an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit. And it is a blessing. It is a, it, when you say blessing, I mean, it, it, he, he enriches our life. And those encounters will enrich our life. It'll change us. It'll, it'll change you. You know, when you, when you spend time with someone they rub off on you and, and they affect you. Well, if that happens when our, with just natural relationships, how much more does our spending time with the Holy Spirit change us if we are in, in being fully committed and fully invested? You know, he's fully invested. He's fully invested in, in, in this, his side of the relationship. He is 100%. He's all in. He's all in. He's not withholding anything. You know, I always think about the verse, you know, when we read it, I think we read some of the verses uh, last time talking about creation, that uh, the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the deep, just in anticipation of you and I and the human race being here. The Holy Spirit was just so excited for his assignment, so looking forward to being the helper and being the aid that, that he's been ordained to be, he was so excited that he was hovering over the face of the deep, looking for an opportunity to just be God manifested on the earth. 
And uh, what, what a privilege that is. And so he's fully invested. You know, he's still hovering today. He's still looking forward to our times together. Of course, you know, there, there's a difference in uh, our own personal time with the Lord. He, he, he's hovering tomorrow morning. He's going to be hovering. In, in your, if you wake up, he'll be right there. He'll be right with you in the morning. He'll be right there tomorrow evening. He, he's gonna, he's, he'll never leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's always going to be present. He, but he also is the same when we come together. He is wanting just to be good. He's wanting just to, to minister and, and to unveil and to reveal and to just pour out all the things that, that God has for us. He's wanting to make those things real in our life. He's wanting to make those things that tangible. And that's the thing I love about the Holy Spirit. He's not a theory. He is very real and you can experience him. And we've all experienced him from time to time. And we've had times where we've come in and we're expecting him to move and we're open to, to, to what God wants. A lot of times we, we're, I say we, we experience him. A lot of times we're not aware of the fact that it's actually the Holy Spirit we're experiencing. We're just, we just want what God has for us. Well, the Holy Spirit comes in when we approach him in faith with expectation. He moves right on in and he, he, he meets needs and he ministers and does these things. And so, uh, but it's also easy to just take that for granted. And, and every time we come together, every time we come together, it's not all, not, it's not always the same. It's not always the same thing. He doesn't want to do the same thing every time. But every time we come together, the Holy Spirit has something to offer. He has something to impart. He has something to give. Go, go to John chapter 16. As we were singing tonight, I was just thinking about these scriptures. This was uh, Jesus uh, talking in John chapter 14. Great, great passages, uh, John 14 and John 16, about the Holy Spirit. Uh, in uh, John fourteen fifteen, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's always, always like starting there because it's an identifier of how obedient we are. It's, identi- it's an identifier of our love for him. But in verse 16, he said, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper, another helper that he, uh, that he may abide with you forever. And that word helper, and of course, my handwriting here is really small. This is out of the Amplified. The Amplified says, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, comforter. He's called alongside to help. The paraclete, he's called alongside to help. And so he said, I'll send you another helper, the spirit of truth, uh, uh, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit... It's such an amazing thing. You can't experience a life in fellowship with the Holy Spirit unless you're born again. It's not even possible. The world doesn't understand what, what's available. But as believers, we should recognize it, but not in, a, not in an ink and paper way. Not in a, not in a, okay, I see that. Okay, that sounds great. But in an experiential way. He wants you to experience. We, we should have a desire to experience the ministry and the help of the Holy Spirit. We should want that in our life. And desire is everything. Everything is connected to desire. Everything's connected to what you want and what you're hungry for. It's all connected to that. You can never be too hungry or have more hungry than he can more hunger than he can satisfy. You can never have more hunger than what he can give. You can never have an appetite too large for him to fill, right? You may have, go home and not have enough food in the pantry to fill an appetite, but you will never run, run, encounter that with the Holy Spirit. He always has way more than enough. 
And yet the moment he stops moving, the, mo- the moment his hovering stops being effective or experience, experiential in your life is the moment you get tired of it or get filled. That's it. It's the moment you get satisfied. The moment you've had enough is the moment he, he's a gentleman. He won't force himself on you. And the moment you have enough, then he's done. And of course, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having a good service and we leave satisfied. And, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm referring to a life where you just, you're just, you're just kind of tasting and just, just sampling of what he has to offer. Kind of grazing or, or just even just looking out, looking, looking from the outside, just kind of getting a view. There's a difference there between actually being fully invested and really pursuing him with everything you have, right? And so my, my, my heart behind it was to stir the teenagers up and the singles up when we were on winter retreat to appreciate this gift, appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit and to never miss an opportunity to, to receive what he has to offer and to get the help that he has. Uh, if you look in the 16th chapter, a lot of, a lot of, a uh, lot of good, good things here, a lot of amazing, uh, things, uh, ver- well, for, Chapter 14, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. Oh, thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's see, going, going on down um, to verse or chapter 16. Uh, 16, we'll look at, we'll look at verse 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Woo. He's going to tell you things to come. Now we read that and we can become, we can get to the place where like, yeah, he'll tell me things to come. That's, that's great. But if you approach him that way, oh, that's good. Then, then what's happening? You're, you're not really walking in a place to receive all the information he has to give. And if you, if you, if we get okay, if it becomes theory to us or something that doesn't stir us, then that stops the, the, his ability to speak into our life. Verse 14 says, he will glorify me. This is John 16 or, or John 16, 14. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. How many want the things that the Lord Jesus has? Of course, the things the Lord Jesus had are the things the father has because everything the father has were his. But you know, that doesn't just mean that we have it automatically. We need who? Who do we need for this to happen? We need the Holy Spirit. We need, we need him to declare these things to us. Can you see we, there is a dependence that we have on him and we need to live aware of that, that dependence on the Holy Spirit. He says, he'll glorify me. He'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Jesus said, they're all mine. Therefore I said that he will take of what is mine and the father's and declare it to you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's, that's part of his calling. That's a part of his assignment. That's a part of who he is. He is there to help us and to declare these things and to make these things known to us, to teach us things, to guide us into truth. That's what he's there to do. Well, we need to make sure that we are living aware of that. And how much more so when we come together that we're, we're aware of these things and we're, we're making time for him and making room for him. And I know this is something that we know, but but for me, it has helped me just to take a step back and, 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 to, and to monitor myself and to catch myself and to make sure that I'm not just, quote unquote, going through the motions, but, but I'm actually approaching a real individual. 
I said last time, I said the Holy Spirit isn't the force. He's not Yoda. He's not the force. He's not a feeling. You know, several years ago when we, we had a house behind the, the school in High Springs, uh, we had invited our neighbor. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, I invited our neighbor, and she, she had come to one of our services. She was a good Catholic lady. She's gone on, on to be home now. She's in heaven. And so she came to our service, and, and, and she, she came, and, and she said it was great. You know, we talked to her afterward. How was it? And the next day, went to her house. I saw her. Hey, how, you know, how was it, Anne? How, oh, it was great. It was wonderful. She said, she, and she, she told us, I don't remember the exact words, but basically she couldn't come back because it was just too much Holy Spirit. <laughs> she said it was just, it was just too much for me. It was, it was so good. It was just too much. And she, she kept referring to gooseys, you know, just so many gooseys. Well, you know, praise God, you know, I, we just get a smile and loved on her, you know, and that's great. But how many know that the Holy Spirit is more than gooseys, right? I mean, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not God, the gooseys. He's, he's, he's God, the Holy Spirit. And a lot of time, you know, goosebumps, goosies, you know, and dad's saying, what are goosies up here? He's asking mom. She didn't know. Uh, they're goosebumps. She didn't know. All right. They're goosebumps. He's not a goosebump. Isn't that a movie? Goosebumps? Yeah, anyway, not a good movie probably. But anyway, he's not that. He's a real individual. We all recognize that God, the father is a real individual and we, we're in awe of him. You should be. You know, I mean, ask Moses and the children of Israel when, when God showed up, it, he was an, it was an awe inspiring thing, right? And, and so God, the father is awe inspiring. Well, Jesus is also an amazing individual. I mean, I think about when the day comes that, that we get to stand at the feet of Jesus, you know, uh, and, and, and to, and to face to face. Flesh to flesh, you know, and, and without any barriers, without any issues, and be able to stand in front of Jesus, look into his eyes, you know. I mean, that, that, that's an amazing moment, just, just thinking about it. I, I, whew, I can't wait. Like, it, it's, I can't wait, and it also is a little like, whoo, I mean, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to, because standing in front of him, you recognize that he is, he's awesome, he's amazing. I mean, ask John, you think about, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but, but when John encountered Jesus, the risen king in, in the book of Revelation, he had known, he had always been the one whom Jesus had loved. His relationship had been one before where he would lay his head on his chest and, and spent time with him, and, but, but when he met Jesus post-resurrection, and, and, and when Jesus appeared to him on the Isle of Patmos and, and began to speak to him about the things that were going to come, I mean, his, his, whole, his whole awareness and, and understanding of who the Lord Jesus was, a whole other facet just got un, just un, unveiled. Yes, he's loving and he's kind and he's, he's graceful and merciful, but at the same time, he's, he's, he's pretty awesome. In fact, it said of John that he fell down. As if dead. I mean, he fell to the ground and, and it was such a, an, an awe-inspiring sight and moment to be in the presence of the risen king that, that he, just, he just fell to the ground. But as equal, as impressive as, as God the Father is and God the Son is, the Lord Jesus, God the Holy Spirit is equally as impressive. He's equally as amazing. One of the things I told the, you know, told the, the group when we were on one retreat, you know, I kept referring to him as God, the Holy Spirit. We taught, we generally say the Holy Spirit or we, in those terms, but don't throw God, the Holy Spirit in there. Um, and you don't have to, but, but we typically don't do that. But I was making a purpose to say God, the Holy Spirit, because I want to drive home the fact that he's part of the Godhead. And he, he needs to be respected. He needs to be honored. He needs to be reverenced. He needs to be, we need to make time for him. And, uh, 
you know, and, and as we do this, we will, we will experience more of him. We'll experience a greater uh, uh, depth of understanding and fellowship and communion with him. And I think the Lord wants that of us. I believe as we get closer to the Lord's return that he wants us to be more aware of him. Now, which him am I talking about? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that's been sent here to help us. He's, he is the, I made the comment that everything in life that we experience in life is a direct result of the working of the Holy Spirit. Everything we experience in this life is, is by direct input and hands-on is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he wants that to grow. He wants to do more. God wants more. And so as we come to the end of this age and in the end, as, as things are wrapping up, we should become more aware of that. I mean, I, one of the things I love about our church, we have a desire and a hunger for the presence of God. That, that has been something that, that is a, there's a hallmark of who we are. We want the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I, I, I hope this is true, but I'm not satisfied for us to come in and to not experience the presence of God in one way or another. And he can show up in a lot of different ways. It could be through worship, great worship tonight. And, and, and there was a sweet presence tonight. What is, who was that? I almost said, what is that? What was that? But better question is who was that? That was the, the, the Holy Spirit. That was him. That wasn't his neighbor or his cousin or anybody else. That was actually God, the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. A lot of times people come in and one person is being blessed and God, the Holy Spirit is ministering to them and, and they're getting wrecked. When you, you some of you people are like, what's that mean? That means that's a good thing, right? You know, being wrecked in, in a good way. Your, your life is being changed and, and, and he's working on you. And just one person is just experiencing God and, and, and who am I talking about? God, the Holy Spirit. And they're just amazed by it. And the person next to him is like, we about done with this. I mean, you know, what's next? We ever had, ever had a moment where your thought was what's next? We probably all have, right? And sometimes it's right to have the what's next, but, but we should be not asking our watch what's next, right? Not asking ourselves what's next. I don't know about you, but I've done that before. I check my flesh and what do I want next? You know, but, but what does he want next? What is he looking for? I believe, if, you know, like I said, one person can, can be drastically affected by his presence and by him being there. And the next person next to him may not be experiencing anything. Well, as a church, that's been a, that's been a, that's been a key part of who we are, something that we've always strived for. But, you know, we can go higher. We, we, can, we can have better. We can experience more because what we've had has been great, but there's more for us. How many would agree that heaven's going to be pretty amazing? Right. Well, we can be experiencing more, more dimensions and more levels of, of what we're going to be having in glory. We can be having that now because we're full citizens now and we have the full uh, uh, infilling of the spirit. Now we have, we have everything. We have it all. And so we want to make sure we're making room for him and, and making time for him and putting a demand on him. I said, you know, that the scripture that was our, our, keynote scripture for winter retreat was, uh, John four ten, and you can put it up. And, and this was something that rich Walker, Walker and I had been talking about when we were in Ireland. And, um, and it was like, I don't know if I mentioned all the details, but we were just talking about the fact that the Lord has sent us this particular area. And, and, and uh, I think I did, he'd sent us this particular area and just, we were just kind of between the two of us talking this out, you know, people are walking by and not even aware of what was going on. And, and he said, you know, he was reminded of the scripture. If you only knew 
Jesus answered and said to her, her, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. But if you had only known the gift of God, and, and we're just talking about the fact that if people had only known that the Lord sent us to this city, if they were only aware of that, that the Lord sent us to the city, they would have, they would have sought us out and, and would have asked us things. And, and the Lord did send us to that place. And, and we had a specific assignment when we were there, but you know, the, what we had could have been for anybody. Had they been aware of those things and, and, and just the gift of God, we were just talking about the fact that how God chooses to use us and he sends us places. And we, if people were aware, they would recognize that and want something from us. You know, when you're in the grocery store, people realize who you were. You ever, ever, ever go somewhere and you, you, you think sometimes I do this from somewhere. We were, we were at Six Flags the other day and standing in line just randomly just had the thought of people, you know, you, you just not being, not looking down on anybody, but you just realize that just sheer numbers that most people in the line waiting to get on Kumba or whatever ride, you know, the, the iron Gwazi, most of those people didn't know Jesus. And, and, and had they known that me and our kids and Steve and his kids were standing, my brother and his kids were standing there and Paul was with us, you know, if they knew, if they recognized the fact that you had you had, you had, standing next to them in line to get on the Iron Gwazi, they had representatives of the king. You know, you may say, well, that's your job to do it. Well, yeah, it's our job to be that, but we have to be led, you know, by what we do. But just in general, people recognized it. They would respond differently to us, right? I mean, Jesus went places and not, not always did people recognize who he was. In fact, most of the times they didn't recognize who he was. Did he force himself on them? No. He didn't force himself at all, but why? But what was the problem? They didn't recognize who he was. They didn't see him for who he was, right? I mean, I think of the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and he said, good teacher. That right up front tells, tells me he didn't know who Jesus really was because he just referred to him as good teacher. And then when Jesus tried to help him, he didn't see what he was trying to do, didn't recognize the help Jesus was giving. So you think if people knew that, they would be like, oh, wow, this is, this is a child of God here. But, you know, just as important, you need to know who you are. You need to know who you are if you recognize the gift of God. So when you're in the line at, 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 at Walmart or Winn-Dixie or Publix and the Lord prompts you to say something to somebody or to step out and do something for somebody, do you recognize who you are? Because if, if you don't live aware of who you are, you're, you, you're a child of God. And when God prompts you to do something, that's actually God working through you, right? And wanting to move through and be himself through you. Well, that's an amazing thing. Him being himself through you. You need to recognize that. But, but this scripture I was thinking about this from Winter Retreat, if we recognize the gift of the Holy Spirit, it would change how we approach him. It would change how we approach service it would have changed and it's not all about services but it would change this but it would change our daily life how we approach God and the reality is how we approach daily life will affect what goes on here right right? how we affect every day and what we recognize this remember he lives with us he dwells in us and so every day if we live aware of him it'll affect the things we experience in life amen we talked about you know the 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 um uh, the participation that they had. We read Genesis chapter one, how all three father, you know, God is a triune being father, son, Holy spirit, how they were working together. And just once again, pointing out the fact that God is, he's, he's part of the Godhead. He's very real, but he's very separate. 
But he's, but he's one, just like you're a three-part being. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a mind. They're different, yet they're all, they're all joined together, right? You do know that, right? I mean, that, you're, you're a three-part being. Well, God is three parts. So they each had a vital role in, in what was happening and what was going on in creation. Let's look at another um, passage here. In Ephesians chapter 1, we know the verses in 15 through 23. Uh, Paul said, you know, I cease not to make mention of you in my prayers that uh, the Father of glory would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and then I'll let him those prayers. But the, the scriptures just before that, Ephesians 1, 3 through 13. And just as I'm, as I'm reading this, just listen. You don't even have to read. Don't even put it up on the screen. Just listen to it. So I, I said last time, sometimes we read and we just kind of skim through things, but not, don't look a little deeper. And look with a little more recognition of what, of what's actually been, been, is being said here. But in Ephesians 1 verse 3 through 13, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, he's already a distinction is being made. There are, there are, he's right away pointing out there's two, two different individuals here. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So you can see they're already, they're, they're working together. There's this fellowship, this communion of effort that's happening here. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to himself. Now, as I'm reading it, it you can just even love the verses and the words and and. And lose, lose track of the fact that being referred to in these verses is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all, they all have a part in what's being said here. He said, uh, 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 having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, to God the Father, according to the, to the good pleasure of his will, that's talking about God the Father, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. then you have the introduction there of the Holy Spirit's work. He made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. One purposed in himself, but another aspect of the Godhead. He purposed in himself that in the dispensation or in, or in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. In him, we also have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we, uh, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy spirit of promise. There's such a conjunction and and a fellowship of effort and, and planning and purposing and making available and then imparting these things. They work so closely together. So the point is if you want all the will of God, you have to have the full effort of the Lord Jesus, but then also the full participation with the Holy spirit. You can't have just the participation of the Holy Spirit and the access that Jesus provides without the will of the Father. 
right? He had to will it so Jesus could make it available so that the Holy Spirit could then impart it to you. It's all, it's all, it's all necessary. Every, every one of them has what they're wanting to do, what they need to. And they're so necessary in our life. When we come together and we say, isn't the presence of the Lord wonderful? Most times we're talking about the Holy Spirit is here. It's the Holy Spirit that's here. And I read this last time, the, the quote that Brother Hagin had in, in uh, following God's plan for your life. I'm kind of jumping all over here, but that's all right. Uh, if I can find it, he said this, he said, there seems to be a, a lack of deep consecration to do God's will amongst some Christians today. Recently, I was thinking about the difference between my experiences in full gospel circles 50 years ago and today. And I compared the full gospel believers then and now, and I realized there wasn't nearly as much sickness among the spirit filled Christians 50 years ago as there is today. So we can see what he's talking about directly affects our everyday life. Experiencing him pays off in a lot of areas, right? I mean, it's not it, it, beyond just exp- experiencing his presence. It pays off presence. It pays off in a lot of areas. He said it wasn't nearly as much sickness among spirit filled Christians 50 years ago as there is today. I remember the great manifestations of the Holy Spirit we used to experience in our meetings. The move of the Holy Ghost was also so much greater and in more consistent demonstration back then as it is today. As I was thinking about this, the Spirit of God said to my spirit, yes, and the consecration of my people was greater too. This is the Holy Spirit was revealing to him what the problem was. I mean, he's saying he recognized there's less show manifestations of the spirit of God and the spirit of God was in helping him how to get this straight. Oh, we need the Holy Ghost. We need God, the Holy Spirit. We need him active in our midst. He said, yes, and the consecration of my people was greater too. Let that soak in whatever we choose to consecrate ourselves to whether whether we choose to consecrate ourselves, to obey God or choose not to obey God. It affects every other area of our life. I would say whether we choose to recognize the Holy Spirit affects every other area of our life. Whether we choose to honor him, make room for him, make time for him, recognize him, it affects every area of, if not honoring, if not recognizing Jesus, will that affect your life? It'll, it'll change your eternity, right? Not doing that's a terrible thing. It, cha- it changes you. How about God the Father? You need to recognize Equally so, recognizing the Holy Spirit or not, recognizing the Holy Spirit affects every area of our life. He said, I'm thoroughly convinced of the truth of what the Lord said to me. Aren't you glad Brother Hagin believed the Lord? He said, the consecration of believers was much deeper 50 years ago than it is today. Believers' appreciation and reverence for the things of God and the move of the Holy Spirit was much greater too. And and as a result, God honored that depth of consecration and reverence by giving his people great manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so we can see there's such importance there in, in, in being aware of him and making room for him and recognizing him and honoring him and reverencing him. Like I said, I'm not trying to create a new, a new title. Like we all, when we refer to the Holy Spirit, we always have to say God, the Holy Spirit. But I want us to be more aware of the fact that he is God, the Holy Spirit. He is real. He's a real individual. He is a, he has a real personality and he works and does real things. And he wants to do more. He, we've not just but scratched the surface of who he is. Uh, let, me, let me skip on down here. Uh, when we're reading in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, this is a verse that as we were talking to the, to the uh, winter treat, 
that kind of we got stuck on for a little bit. In Ephesians 1.14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, remember we read 3 through 13, but in verse 14, who, well, let's go back to 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also have, having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? The Amplified said that spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, the foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. So when the Holy Spirit has been given to us, he's been placed in our life. He's the down payment. God, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of the full redemption that we have. He's God himself is our down payment. Like, okay. He's living in you. And, the, and God, the Holy Spirit, he gave himself to you. That means he belongs to you and you belong to him. And that's just the down payment of what's coming. Your down payment is based on the same thing the rest of the payment is going to be. So if the Holy Spirit, he has to be God, the Holy Spirit, because we're going to get a complete payment of the Father and the son, it'll be completed in us. But the down payment is the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. He's amazing. He's amazing. So when we're, when we're together or when you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, you speak to the Lord. You say, Holy Spirit, I reverence you. You know, I have a few seconds here. Or, or oh, don't take too long. No, you, you, he, he's the down payment. He, he's amazing. He's in your life. Get, make room for him. Give him time. When we're together, let's not be okay. We, I've said praise God five times. I don't know what else to say. Well, let's just move on. You know, learn to express your heart. Learn to express what's on the inside. Learn to, to and he'll help you. He will help you do these things. So I want to make sure we're making room for him. What time is it? 809. One of the things that, that we had talked about, and I'll, I'll wrap up here in just a second. If we're going to experience more of him, we have to recognize his nature, have to recognize his character. And uh, if you go back to um, in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 3 in the 13th verse, Matthew three thirteen through 17 says, And Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And when John tried to prevent, and John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and, are, and you're coming to me. Verse 15, but Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God. Who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Notice the Spirit of God came in the form of a dove. I had made the comment, you know, uh, to, the, to, to the group we were there. He came as a dove and not as a crow. Right? 
He came as a dove and not as a crow. You know, we've, we've, crows will, will yap at you and, and, and make noises at you. And they're, and they're kind of annoying, right? If you, you know, crows can be kind of annoying and, and they can just, rah, 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 you know the sound. And they've got all these different squawks and none of them are good, right? They're, they're just, they're really super annoying. And so uh, that's why we have a, a, a fake dead one hanging up in the bag is to try to stare, scare the crows away from the playground because they're awful. But, um, you know, he didn't come in the form of a crow, he came in the form of a dove. Crows are pushy. Crows, you know, crows are, are aggressive. You know, they, they, they're, they're bigger birds, but they're, they, they, they just, they have an attitude about them. But that's, you may say, well, he's God. He should have, he should be like that. Why didn't he come in, come in the form of a hawk? You know, the, the spirit of the Lord descended from heaven in the, in the form of a bald eagle. Because he's God, you know, the Holy Spirit should come in a, a raven or, you know, I guess a raven is kind of a crow, but, you know, so not that, that's not a good example. But why did he come in some other form? He came in the form of a dove. That wasn't by accident. Why? It, it, it shows a part of his personality. That what's one of the things about doves that the most common thing you think doves are very peaceful. They're not aggressive. They're very gentle. I mean, it, it's the sign of, 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 of hope. And it's, it's the symbol of humbleness, you know. And cro- uh, doves are, are gentle birds. And, and they're easily, uh, not, when I say frightened, they're easily ran off. You know, they're easily, star- I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is startled or he's frightened. But, but they don't stick around where they're not welcome. Right? I mean, a crow, you will try to go out and get rid of them, and they'll just fly up in the tree and squawk at you. You know, get out of height reach so you can't touch them and just rock, rock. And then all their crow friends, you know, squawk at you, you know. But a dove, they, they won't do it. They'll just leave. We have doves show up in our, in our proper, in our, our yard. And if you go outside, they just leave. They don't, they don't just fly a little ways away. They just leave. Because they don't, they don't, they're not going to be interrupted. That's just who they are. Well, in our lives, if we treat them like he's a crow, we're not going to experience him because he's a dove. He, he, he came, not that he's literally a dove, but he came in the form of a dove. It showed his personality. One of the things about doves, they mate for life. They, they're committed, right? But the other thing too is they, they don't stay where they're not welcomed. Our lives have got to be such that welcome the Holy Spirit. Our lives have got to be lives that welcome him. What, what am I talking about? I'm talking about no compromise kind of lives. Right? I'm talking about lives that honor him and our, our daily actions and our daily lifestyle, our daily choices. Are, 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 is our daily lifestyle something that a crow would like? Or is it something that a dove would, would appreciate with? Appreciate. You know, if you want to, if you want to come up to a dove, you have to be very careful about it. You. you have to be very cautious in your steps. Right? Crows, you just go out there and they'll run when you get close enough. They'll fly away when you get close enough. But otherwise, they're just going to stand their ground and, and make noise. But a dove, you have to be very careful at what you do. Not that, that he's fragile. He's just holy. He's amazing. And he's not going to, he, he, he cannot, he won't, will not allow us to treat him as common. Say, so, because he has a big attitude or he's got a big ego issue. You have to realize he is God, the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't treat God the Father as nothing. We, we certainly wouldn't treat Jesus as unimportant. I mean, if Jesus was, you know, going to work with you tomorrow and pulled up a chair at your desk or rode in the car with you to work, like, you know, he showed up in the flesh and you get in the driver's side and he hopped in the passenger side. 
Luke said, amen. That'd be great, right? You probably wouldn't turn on some filthy radio station, <laughs> would you? You probably wouldn't do that. You probably, oh, I'm going to listen to I'm listening to the Joy FM, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna impress the Lord Jesus, and you probably would get in the car and probably be afraid to turn the radio on in case it wasn't on the Joy FM, right? Like it, then he would know you were listening to some crazy music before he knows it anyway, right? But but if he was sitting there next to you, you you, you wouldn't have conversations about people you shouldn't be having. You probably be really patient in traffic. Somebody cuts you off. You wouldn't give them a, a salute. But you would, you, oh, you, you'd probably say, oh, Jesus, let's bless that person. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Right? Right? My dad talked about, you know, being stuck in traffic when the big accident happened and, and getting frustrated. If Jesus was in the car, if it had been my mom and dad and Jesus, there probably would have been no frustration in the car the whole time. They'd have, they'd have been, oh, this is wonderful. We just love traffic. I mean, you know, what's going on, you know? Right? Well, because we recognize, oh, he's, 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 he's Jesus. And the reality is Jesus isn't with us all the time. Jesus himself, he's actually not with us all the time. But you know who is? God the Holy Spirit is. All the time, every day, every moment. And just because you can't see him sitting in the car next to you when you get, get in to go to work in the morning, he's sitting right there. In fact, he's not sitting right there. He's sitting right in here with you. He's residing on the inside of you. You can't get any closer than, who, than him in, in your life. He's, he's, he's all up on you, all up in you. I mean, he's, he's everything. But if we just think he's the force or a feeling or, or gooseys, we can miss the fact that he's real. He's God, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if we treat him as common, then we won't experience everything he has to offer. We won't, we won't experience that. So I just encourage you. God, the Holy Spirit lives with you. Every day, God, the Holy Spirit, is hearing the things you're hearing and and it's not so much the things that are happening on the outside that you can't help, but the things that you are opening yourself up to. He's aware of those things. He's re- and how you treat those things, because you realize that you're not just doing it for you. You're, you're exposing him to those things. Right? I mean, you wouldn't let Jesus hear anything in your car that was off color or anything that was inappropriate. You wouldn't. You, oh, we're not listening to that. Let's not do that. That's just, that's crazy. You wouldn't let, allow it, Right? You're in the supermarket and Jesus is with you in the aisle and you're both checking out and somebody starts doing something crazy. You, you would, oh, we're not going we're not, we're not to hear that. But how, how often do we just kind of treat the Holy Spirit as, as if he just belongs to us? You know, he's just, yeah, he's my helper. He's here to do my bidding. No, no, he, he's not here to do our bidding. He's here to help us, but he's also God. You know, Kelsey had said this after, after one retreat, she came up to me, she said, you know, kind of the, the thing she thought of is, is when somebody, you ever been in a place where somebody uses you to get to somebody else? They're not really interested in you. They just want to use you to get to know somebody. Ever, ever, ever had that happen to you? That's terrible, isn't it? How many, how often have we treated God, the Holy Spirit as just a means to get what we need from the father? 
or just some tool, some mechanism to, to, to do to get an answer on a test or, you know. I mean, he'll, he'll help with all those areas. He'll help with anything we need. We were at the beach several years ago. I made the, I made the comment last time, we don't pray to the Holy Spirit, meaning that, you know, we, we talk to him. I don't know about you, but I talk to him. And that technically that is prayer. It's communication. We were at the beach several years ago. Now, this is not the Atlantic. This is the, the Gulf. But it wasn't a, a flat day at the Gulf. It was a busy, like a, wave, you know, like a lot of waves at the Gulf. And, and what, who was it that lost their glasses? Was it, was it you? It was, was one of them. One of us lost the glasses and the waves and, and had, had tried to look for the glasses and couldn't find it. They came back up to the, to the shore and I lost, they said I lost my glasses. And, you know, as a dad... I think it was one of the kids, actually. Uh, anyway, it didn't make any difference. How many know you hate buying glasses all the time, right? Just, just, just constantly replacing glasses. And so it aggravated me. Anybody ever been aggravated over stupid stuff, right? And so it aggravated me. Like, we're going to have to buy another pair of glasses. Can't you keep the glasses on your head? You know, whoever it was. I'm sure it wasn't her, but whoever it was, you know. And, and so I went out into the water. And this, this had been several minutes had gone by at this point. And she had looked for them, couldn't find them. She came in and told me she lost her glasses. Well, I just went out in the water. I said... I said, this is irritating. So I walked out there and I said, Holy Spirit, help me find these glasses. In the ocean. And I felt like I needed to walk this direction. So I started walking. And she, she was there. She watched me. Uh, and, not, I'm, and I'm not saying, oh, look at oh, how spiritual Pastor Greg is. That's not what I'm saying, right? But it is something about when we actually put a demand and expect him to respond. He does. Because he's real. And so I was started walking down the beach. I was in the water tromping through the water and it got to a certain place and I just, and I stopped and I reached my hand down. It was all, the, the, the bottom's all stirred up. I couldn't see anything. I reached my hand down and pulled them out and those are her glasses, right? She saw me, saw it happen. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, it worked, you know. <laughs> you ever done something, you're like, oh, oh my goodness, that, that should have done that a lot sooner. Anyway, that's pretty cool. I should have recorded that, you know. But I pulled them out, there are the glasses. Well, who was, that was, that's pretty amazing, that God, the Holy Spirit would help me to do something like that. But if we just treat him as our glasses retriever and not recognize he's God. And when he has something to say, we should, when EF Hutton talks, we should listen, right? That old commercial when EF Hutton, some of y'all don't know what that is, but uh, there's an old, Stephen's like, no, I don't. There's an old advertisement, EF Hutton talks or something. They were an investment company, Right. I was a really little kid when that came out. Anyway, but I remember it. But when he speaks, we should listen. Why? Because he's God, the Holy Spirit. When he wants to do something, what we should obey. Why? Because he's God, the Holy Spirit. When he, when he wants to just, us to just be quiet and not get impatient and just get quiet and enjoy, just, just be still. We should do that. Why? Because he's God, the Holy Spirit. He has every right to direct us. He has every right to, to instruct us. But when he does, he's always looking to help us because he's the helper. He's always looking to impart things. But if we'll make room for him, he'll show up. Amen. Well, I've talked long enough. Y'all can all stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to live aware of who he is and I had written this down. I said, to experience more of him, talking about God, the Holy Spirit, our helper, our greatest asset in life, we must be willing to let loose of the things that hold us back and get in the way. Attitudes, right? Hurts, 
You know, all of those things, let those things go. Don't let them get in the way because what he has to offer is too valuable, too important in our life. Praise God. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we do reverence you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For all that you are, all that you do in our life, thank you for the help that you provide, the things that you impart and declare to us, the supply that you bring in our life. you, You have everything we need. You give us everything we need. We're grateful. We recognize the fact that you're the one who even raised Jesus up and you're the one that quickens our mortal body and you're the one that lives in us. And so we, we, we acknowledge that we reverence that we, we, we make room and make time for you. Help us teacher, help us guide, instruct us, help us to, to be more aware of these things, to have a greater understanding of who you are and all that you have to offer. And we'll be doers of that. We'll, put, we'll, we'll listen and we'll obey. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.